Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner, where we are enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside. And Charlie, what? Side two. On top <laughs> Outside of. Outside your business. Next two. Wait, next two. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Today, we're actually just going to be bringing you along the journey with us. What are we thinking about? What are we doing? What are our plans? So if you want to join the conversation, head over to the Facebook group, join Full Stack a Business Owner Community. Ask us any questions, share what you're working on as well. We always love being part of everybody's journey. Now, before we dive into this, let's cue your disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Charlie, finally, the day has come where I was sitting there going, why do I always rent and invest and the numbers make sense on paper? You had your permanent place of residency, gorgeous house, great place with your family. And I'm like, maybe I want that. Like, You know those cartoons of people like looking from the outside and going, I want that family. That was me. However, the tides have turned. You are now on my side of the fence, my good sir. What has happened? All right. Well, I first want to cue this episode up a little bit and say, I'm going to throw some shots. There's a lot of people (laughs) in the, let's just call it like um, business influencer space or wealth influencer space. And what they really do is they preach. Preach They tell you what you should be doing, but they never really share what they're getting up to, right? It's always like these rose-colored glasses things. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, I've seen behind some of these people's uh, <laughs> advice. I've been in businesses where I've literally seen people preach and they're doing the opposite behind the yep. scenes and it's um, a fascinating thing. But nonetheless, one of the things I really want to make sure we do on this show and brand is like we bring people on our journey and share what we're actually doing. Now, not from a place of saying, hey, copy us, model us, because like we're still working out a lot of these things ourselves but more hoping that it inspires people in the con- like inspires people to like ask good questions and like learn from the experiences we're having so they can have a better result. Totally. I must admit, a lot of what I do is learning from other people and then trying to make my own version for it. I don't copy them. I take responsibility and like might model some things, try some things, ask good questions with my team, but it's um, helped a lot. Now, leading into your question there, I've had uh, a big life update in more recent times and I, I, I do laugh. You know, do you know how many people have mentioned the envy of having a paid-off house? Like the <laughs> idea of it, people really love that. Yeah, not the investors in us. None of us are envious, Charlie. <clears throat> well, I am officially now a rent vester. So recently I moved. So I was on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria and I've now moved to uh, Brighton in Victoria. So just closer to the city for anyone who knows that coastline. Yeah, buddy, right next to me. Yeah, well, I must admit you were actually a big reason for the move. So I think I'll start from here because anytime I tell someone, the first question I get is like, well, why did why? you do it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, you know how you like had the envy of, oh, you know, owning the home, being in the burbs, being this like family thing? Yes. Well, as Melbourne started to open up, I had FOMO on the other side of like, oh, well, Grant went, for dinner with these guys. <laughs> yeah. I did go out a lot. Yes. 
Yeah, and then there'd be like a business event on and I'm like, oh. That happened. That, I didn't go to that. <laughs> and like the coffee in my area is not very good. Wait, hang on. The, that was the greatest warm milk I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, you have to ask for a coffee though and then they just give you a cup of warm milk. It's like, is there even coffee? <laughs> we won't go into the local cafe I, I am referring to. That That's probably there. a – yeah, but I, I started to really look at things and I'm going, I think I'm missing out on a, a number of experiences that would be very, very beneficial to the areas of my life that are important. And don't get me wrong, really nice house, really nice area. But I think that is somewhere that I would more want to settle down when I'm finished trying to strive in business, not necessarily be there while I'm trying to strive in business. I think it would be – it's like environment matters. Totally. And how have – like so you've now moved to Brighton and you're now renting, but you do get this very interesting benefit of still having the place that you've basically paid off a little bit further down on the Mornington Peninsula, which I, I find fascinating because this is, again, Grant on the outside of the window going, oh, that's, that's, that sounds nice. <laughs> so what is this? Yeah, so there's some interesting rules on this that people may not be aware of. If you, um, let's say you, you lived in a house as your principal place of residence and then you go rent somewhere else, you actually get six years before that officially turns into what they would say is like an investment property. So I can rent for six years and still claim that house as um, my principal place of residence. And why that's important is because there's tax-free capital growth available on it. So if an investment property uh, goes up, you have to pay capital gains tax. But if your principal place of residence goes up in value, you don't pay any capital gains tax. Uh, for that six-year window and we get to take that. Noting if we buy another house and we say that is our principal place of residence, that would change. Right? So you can only have one principal place of residence. You can't just keep stacking them up in that way. <clears throat> so what we're actually doing, just to break that one down further, is that we've kept the place on the Mornington Peninsula So and we've got tenants in there now, which it's, it's going really well. We've got great tenants in there. It's like gone all smoothly. And we decided to keep that property because, well, I believe in the area a lot. I really do. Like there's some really quality schools. It's a very Man. desirable location. Um, the rent in it is very reasonable. Like it didn't make sense to me to sell the property. I actually think it's a great addition to our portfolio. Um, the second thing that had kind of occurred here is like as much as I would have loved to buy in Brighton, and this is pure opinion and speculation, do not act on this advice, although it's interesting how things are playing out. Interesting. Um, I couldn't find anything that I wanted to buy that I felt was good value. So the market was a bit crazy in the area that's here and I actually think there'll be a better opportunity to either like acquire uh, either land, a knockdown rebuild, a renovator or the house I want if I'm a little bit patient here and be a little bit strategic. So long term I'll likely buy in this area but I'm being um, diligent because – for where I'm at right now, the next house I buy in, I, I want to get like 10 years out of it longer. Mm. So it's like I don't want to just buy a this will do. I want to buy something this where, yeah, this is the place we're going to raise our family and yeah. I don't want to have to buy and sell and then buy and sell because of things like stamp duty and just the pain and process of moving. Now, how often have you been on the real estate app with the filter of Brighton to buy a house since you've moved in? That's actually funny. I think you, you, that's a loaded question, though. 
<laughs> I, totally. I watched this YouTube video about uh, quitting social media and like the first thing they said to do is like go to the uh, Apple screen time thing and um, go like how much time do you actually spend on social media now? And I was like, God, oh, you know, this is going to tell me how much time I spend on Slack and YouTube and like Facebook and all that stuff. And like my, I think, so my number one app was Slack, no surprise. No my number two app was uh, Podcasts. No surprise. No surprise. And then my number three was actually realestate.com.au. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, first off, I was actually happy I don't spend that much time on social media <laughs> as in comparison. Celebration. <laughs> but then I was like, I think realestate.com, is that social media for grownups? Uh, that is, like maybe that, that is, is social media. That is social media for grownups. <laughs> it's like, uh, what, what are we, we were joking with Aaron around them building like a community feature on real estate where you could like, like share it and like comment on it and all these kind of things. I'm like, nice house. Yeah, I'd never leave. <laughs> I'll be on real estate just like talking to everyone. Like, oh my God. Have like groups and stuff. But yeah, that is, uh, I find this fascinating because it is still like that other argument of going rent vesting, owning your own home, but also the opportunities of owning your own home and moving to being a rent vester and still being able to get the benefits of it. And it always comes back down to the point that you and I say, Charlie, which is as long as you understand the games that you are in, you can always maximize the outcome because if you didn't know that you could utilize the that six years of tax-free growth, the scenario might have been different. You might have sold out. You might not have held on would to have. it. No, know I that you, 100% like, would have sold it if it wasn't for that rule. And that, that's the thing because now I know that that is part of your strategy where I know you and I have spoken about, well, cool, that six years is ticking down. What is the play? And I don't know where it's going to land because six years, I'm going to keep poking and prodding you as we go with this journey with everyone who's listening to find out what you're actually going to do with the house down in Mornington. Uh, can I talk about some of the um, – so that, that's a really interesting thing about like just knowing the landscape can change your rules. Like that tax ruling is very advantageous. That property only has to grow at half the rate of the others to get the same result. Correct, which is me on the outside of the window again going, damn it. But I, I'd love to just dig into some of the um, – impacts, because I feel like this is probably something that um, is important from it, is like, well, okay, you've moved from somewhere that let's say is more regional or further out from a CBD to somewhere that's uh, right in the thick of it. Like how, what kind of like noticeable difference and like, has it been worth it? I, I look at it right now and I've, I've been here maybe a month-ish, just over. Yep. And it's like, I would say there's a noticeable difference. Like I, I must say I was very... Uh, intentional about like looking for impacts because we want to justify, right? We want to go, was this a good decision? Yeah. And uh, I won't lie. The first couple of nights we moved in, the neighbors had parties and I'm like, Oh my, I'm never going to sleep. This is terrible. Uh, But it's actually been really nice. It was just the first couple of nights. That's just bad, bad timing. Yeah. Anyway, the thing I noticed the most here is like, it's the people you meet. So I was at the park with Jack and there was another dad there and uh, we, you know, funnily enough, like you start to realise you dress the same as these people just straight away. Is that Lululemon? (laughs) It was. It actually was. Everyone was wearing (laughs) Lululemon. Um, Anyway, the point being is like, oh, what do you do? And it was like I realised very quickly that it was people that were more ambitious. Correct. People that were striving in a bigger level where if you you imagine the demographics of the peninsula, it's like a uh, a lot of like just families and then older people in all honesty. Yep. Where around here, there was a lot of like young striving families who were like, well, this guy was the, uh, I won't name the company just because it might like make him too findable, but he was like in one of the major brands in Melbourne, like a, a big company similar to Lululemon, not Lululemon, 
um, and he's the UX designer and his role is like my job's to maximize lifetime value. It's crazy. So good. So I go, what do you do? And he's like, well, when people buy, they get on our email list, they have their store experience, and then my job is effectively to take them through a journey so they buy everything. Yep. And I was like, well, and like amazing conversation, but I never would have had that in on Mornington. It was just I wasn't meeting those people where this is more like the people we meet here. And as we've spoken about this before in regards to like creating your own environment, like curating that environment, there was this great thing. Uh, so I was down in the lobby of the building that we live in to relate to your story. Uh, and it would have been about two months ago. And I remember I was going for my morning walk and this the sort of older couple had come down the lift with all of their Tumi luggage. Now, if you know Tumi, that's like one of my favorite brands. Um, and they'd like got their golf clubs as well. And so it was this great couple. And then the concierge has gone to them and was like, oh, are you traveling? And they're like, yeah, uh, we're disappearing to Europe for three months because we want to get away from the cold in Melbourne. And I'm just like, right. Like just curating your surroundings and having those types of conversations of going, hey, like what did you do in a past life? Like how did you get to this point where having two houses or living these sort of two different locations during a year becomes a reality? And so I'm, I'm the biggest evangelist for moving into going, how can you open these opportunities? Because I'll also stack on top, in that month and a bit that you've been in Brighton, Charlie, how many catch-ups have we had or even yourself had with other people to expand the network, have better conversations around investments, have better conversations around business, et cetera, compared to maybe sort of the one month, six months, 12 months prior of where you were down in Mornington? Yeah, so this is the biggest impact. The uh, I call it the opportunity pot. Is like, I, let's say I was getting like one uh, catch up a month in previously right, when I was living on the peninsula. Right now I'm getting like several a week in because it's yep. so convenient. You can catch up with someone for lunch or have a dinner with someone. And it's like, it's a, it's way more convenient and easier. Go to more like meetup events and mastermind events. Uh, just so far, that impact alone is like probably the most noticeable. So the opportunity flow for business has like increased. I'm just going to say it's probably tenfold. Yeah. And as a result already, like it is more expensive living in this area, but I'm already looking at this and going, my income has gone up more than any of those costs. So I'm like, hang on. It's like, I'm actually like the ratio is better. Yeah. Like income has gone up greater than expenses. Like I'm actually more profitable in my overall picture being where the right opportunities are for me. Yeah. So many people play not to lose as opposed to playing to win. And it comes to like we are talking about networking previously around going, well, pay to play. Go and pay to be in the bigger groups. Pay to be surrounded by those better people because they bring you up very quickly. Very yeah. quickly. And I just want to throw in on that. It's not a better or worse, right? Because like it's easy. Sometimes I think I misuse words in like framing like, oh, Brighton's better than the peninsula. <laughs> It's, it's not like that at all, but it's like you've got to think about it in a different way. It's like the environment that's right for you. If you're a marathon runner, go where the marathon runners are. Correct. If you're a bodybuilder, go where the bodybuilders are. Like I'm not at all saying that <clears throat> where I am is the place people need to be to be successful. I think you need to look at the what you're marking as success and be in that environment. Yeah. And whether that's Brighton, Peninsula, Sydney, Queensland, Western Australia, whatever it is, but get where it is. Be yep. at the source. Speaking about getting where it is, uh, there's a new person that's joined the full stack team, Charlie. Uh, do you know what? I actually think this is the biggest news. <laughs> and it's not you and it's not I. 
What's what's the news about it? I'm not going to say it though. This is I your do, news to share. Do I have to say this one? Yeah. Uh, so, so with full stack. So what people probably are aware of is Charlie and myself. We we do business together and we have a thoroughly enjoyable time. You can only imagine just how funny Monday Monday to yeah, Sunday. These podcasts are practically what our weeks are like. <laughs> We're just like laughing the whole time. It's fantastic. But um, as Charlie has mentioned previously, Bianca is actually does finance and stuff for the business as well as obviously Charlie's properties and her properties. Um, but to make this into a full family affair, uh, my wife Hazel has actually come on. So she's got a great background in like YouTube and video and audio, et cetera. And so she's actually the one that's leading the team on full stack and the greater full stack vision. She is actually going to be helping us propel it forward. So I am super, super excited. And I know she's listening to this. So, Hey Hazel. Um, Yes, that's all. Like that's the that's the pet name we have for each other. Is we use first names, no babes. You know, I am as excited for this because I have I have to tell this is like, don't get me wrong. I think uh, I do an okay job on social media sometimes. You definitely do better than I do. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I'll do better than you. But Hazel does an excellent job, yeah, and it's like. Fair. Oh, for I, I you know, well, the theme of this podcast is almost becoming the FOMO I have. <laughs> it's like for the last year, it's like I think I put up a little clip on Instagram or something like, yeah, nailed it. And then I'll see a clip or something Hazel's out. I'm like, this is so much better. Why are we doing this? <laughs> oh, damn. My benchmark is way too low. I tell you what, are you, well, I'll say it. Is there any concerns about uh, working in the family business now? So from my side or from her side? Well, I mean, we might have to get her on the podcast to answer it from her side. I'm not going to get you to speak for her. I can, I can totally speak for her. Um, my biggest concern was just getting found out how bad, like, I was doing and just making sure, like, I was pushing. Like, the team has done a great job and everyone who's listening and watch this, like, they're, they're absolutely awesome. But just, like, going, well, how can we continue to improve to continue to grow? I'm like, I'm just so pulled into everything else that we're doing, Charlie, that I'm like, ah, oh, this is this was like our passion project. This is what we enjoyed talking about. We were doing these calls anyway and we just basically decided to hit record on them because everyone else might actually get value from them. Um, so that's my concern is that she's going to find out how badly I am at social media and I am at pushing all of these things and go, do you actually like, no, like this stuff. Um, but this, the second one, uh, actually, you know what? I don't even think there's a big concern. I'm actually wrapped that all four of us are coming together as a massive team. Like this is just now basically a family business of everything that we're working on and one big shared vision across everything. I'm, I could not be more excited. I think there's a deeper topic here around the idea of like acquiring talent. Mm. It's, oh, um, that's a full episode that is. Yeah, but one of the things that excites me is like as a business owner, I think the temptation to uh, hire people and train them is like it's always with us. Like we see the potential in people just like we see the potential for our ideas. Um, one of the things I'm really trying to get better at at the moment is like finding the people who are already great at things and yep. bringing them on board. Because I think like in this example here, like I know Hazel is excellent at social media and YouTube and understands it so much more deeply to the point where uh, she'll send me little tips on things to fix in my, I, you know, like I didn't know how to add a link to the story, right? And she showed, <laughs> that was ages ago. But. I, I set up a Facebook, uh, an Instagram page and I'm like, I can't change the profile picture. I'm like clicking this thing, uploading it. Like, guys, Instagram is not user-friendly on a desktop, just saying. And she's like, you just need to install it on the app and then it'd be fine. Put it on the app. 
update a page. Like the profile image and it's like perfect. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, bringing this one around, right? Just it's something, I, again, just an adoption of mindset I'm here with is like, I've got to be careful how I say this one, is like your team is an asset. Totally. That is directly related to building your wealth. Totally. If you can upgrade or acquire or bring in better quality assets to your business, the chances of that increasing your income and in turn increasing the performance of your business and helping you build wealth, they're hand in hand. Yeah. So like sometimes I look at this and go, well, maybe instead of buying that next investment property or share or whatever investment, it's like, what if I invested in my team? Like what would be the impact of that over five years versus buying another property, for example? And it goes to the same thing of what we're talking about with you living uh, between like the Mornington Peninsula or Brighton, right? Like are you playing it not to lose or are you playing it to win? Yes, it might cost you a little bit more. Yes, it might have a little bit short of short-term pain, but long-term is the compounding value going to be there, right? And so something, someone like Hazel coming on where she could be doing something else. Like for us, it's like how can we make sure that we continue to grow and find, to your point, find that talent that we can keep pulling in and actually go, great, now let's un- unleash this beast, the beast of this find, full stack. Do you find that people get a bit funny around hiring? This is an observation I've made is like I'll, I'll find a lot of business owners get to a certain point where they need premium talent. Like yep. they need NBA players. They need seven-footers, as Keith Cunningham would say. <sighs> but for some this. reason, like there's this immense resistance to like well, um, hiring them or paying them. It's like yep. I don't know if the salary scares some people or I don't know if it's like they're just like that it's a belief thing in themselves and they're like, if I hire this person, I don't know what to do next. But I do notice a lot of business owners get to a certain point and then it's like they kind of resist that step. Not yep. all, but some. I think it's, yeah, in my personal experience, I think it kind of comes back to because some of the salaries do get quite large going, oh, I could potentially do that or potentially if I did that, that money would come into my back pocket, right? Like if I'm going to pay hundred grand or whatever it is for an Australian employee, I'm like that, that, that hundred grand is going to come out of my profit, out of my pocket that I was previously doing. And I think that's that mindset shift that you were just talking about, which is like, but the second that you get through that, yeah, sure. Financially might be a short-term pain, but holy smokes, just wait for that thing to grow three, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months and beyond and you're going to start going, well, that was a silly decision for me not to make it earlier. Like, why wasn't I trying to fill this role years ago? I think people have bad experiences with staff also. Like maybe they hire someone and it doesn't work out and they're just going, well, if I spend this amount of money and it doesn't work out, like that can potentially go bad. And I'll mention a lot of business owners are terrible at hiring. So maybe that's a merited concern. Because everybody typically looks for people that they like and resembles themselves and – to the worst person to work for is like someone like me. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, I should not go and find more people like me. I'm like, this is like, it's like the benchmark of if I, if I'm in an interview with somebody, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so similar to me. It's like, it's an instant no. And it's only because I've gone through that pain. Like I've hired like very expensive people. I think the most expensive salary that I've ever paid out was about $240,000 a year. And those people were thoroughly, like, some of them were amazing at like a 180, but others I'm just like, really? I'm like, this is not like the, the cash versus the output and the, the value I get. It's like, it doesn't hundred percent equate, but the, the cost for me to learn those lessons is the value for me to continue pushing forwards. Right. What was it? Thomas Edison, a thousand 
attempts at the wrong light bulb until like 2001 and there was the right light bulb and then obviously everything else happened. And that's how I look at it. I'm like, I'm happy to continue to improve and I'm never going to get it right step one because I know the value on the other side is huge. I think once you have one really good experience, it changes you though. One, yeah. Yeah. I, I, once you've had uh, – so it's like I remember once upon a time like people were terrified of hiring offshore people in the Philippines. Do you remember that? I do. I do. And they're like they, – then they might hire one and it didn't go well. I mean regardless of how good they were at managing them or instructing them. But it's like they'd be like, oh, that doesn't work. And it's like I was very lucky the first VA I had worked out really well and I was like, oh, wow, you can replicate this? Yep. So I kind of like had a great experience and then I was all in on the VA thing. Bringing that back though, when I started hiring like more expensive roles, I got I think I got lucky again where the first person I hired, like I'd, I'll go through this, is like I, it was a media buying role and I looked at it and gone, well, if they can be successful with 10 accounts, this is what it has the potential to make me an income. Yeah. And it pulled off and I was like, this is the greatest maths ever. We should just replicate this. But if it didn't work out, I could see my experience would be different. It, totally. And then- it kind of worked out to the extent that I just packed up and moved to the Philippines all those years ago. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is where everything's going. Globalization is going to be a great thing. I'm just going to pack up and completely shuffle over. Now, interesting, Charlie. 25 minutes in. Do you want to uh, continue or should we do part two on this one? I uh, think we can continue. I think we go on. I do like my part two. It makes me feel like Seinfeld. Because I'm like, Actually, just like, do you want to do it? We can do it as a part two if you want. Let's do it. Totally. All right. Uh, what I'll do is I'm going to wrap up this episode, Charlie, and then we'll dive into part number two. So for anyone who's listening, if you do want to listen to what Charlie and I are getting up to, the next one is diving deep into some investments and what are we actually looking at our landscape. So be sure to catch it on the next episode that's coming up. And I just want to say thank you to everyone for coming on and listening to us. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation, share a little bit around you. Are you thinking about moving? Are you thinking about hiring a family member or recruitment? How are you currently going with it? How do the Facebook group? It's called Full Stack Business Owner. Talk to us over there. Let us know what you're doing. And uh, I just want to say thank you again on listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Full Stack Business Owner.